Welcome to Beyond Grit, the podcast that seeks to create and foster a community of people who want to learn, develop, and employ the 10 powerful practices to gain a high-performance edge. Whether you're an athlete, a parent, a coach, or just someone looking to improve yourself, the Beyond Grit podcast shows you step-by-step how to reach your peak potential. The Beyond Grit podcast is based on the book Beyond Grit, written by Sandra Kampoff, PhD, founder, and CEO of Mentally Strong Consulting, and a professor at Minnesota State University, Mankato. Sindra, a keynote speaker and entrepreneur, is also a certified mental performance coach for professional athletes, executives, and championship teams from around the nation, including the NFL's Minnesota Vikings. Sindra's co-host is Tim McNiff, Emmy Award-winning news and sports journalist, strategic communications consultant, and storyteller for the National Sports Center. This is the Beyond Grit Podcast. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Beyond Grit Podcast, episode 13. This is Tim McNiff alongside the incomparable Dr. Sidra Kampoff. And just a little uh, peek behind the curtain. We've been talking for 45 minutes. I know. Before, <laughs> before we started this podcast. That's awesome. <laughs> that just shows like we're in a, a great state to get going with the podcast, right? We've been talking about a lot of fun things, a lot of exciting things for 2020. Well, this is my this is my chance to to kind of just chat with you, and you're always so upbeat, and it's infectious, and it's uh, fun. So uh, the other thing is, this is another peek behind the curtain. We're recording this podcast at a time when one of the many teams that uh, Dr. Kampoff works with, <laughs> the football team from Minnesota State State Mankato, is is in the actually in the process of their game and I wondered if you wouldn't put me off for three hours. I to, know, uh, I know. Well, I was thinking, well, if we started, you know, at eleven o'clock when we were supposed to, we might be done by <laughs> game time. So we're recording it and right now they're up eight to zero uh, against Slippery Rock. And if they win, they go to play in the national championship uh, division two football uh, game. So um I'll be, uh, like, giving them some uh, positivity, some great energy as we're talking today. Well, I know they have come close in the past. Yes. Maybe this is their year. I think this is their year. They have a lot of great leadership. Um, and we went to the national championship game about, let's see, it might have been five years ago or so. So we've been there. We just haven't won it yet. So uh, go Mavs, sending you some, uh, some good energy. Did you work with the team this past week? And if you did, can you give us a, like a, a peek at what you may have talked about? So we've been doing some great work with them the last several years or you know, several weeks kind of getting ready for playoffs. And we always talk about uh, specifically um, something that will help them on Saturday. And uh, the last workshop we did, we talked a lot about um, sometimes when other teams trash talk you, right? That um, And th- this particular team uh, led to a lot of penalties because they were able to really get under people's skin. And so we talked about staying composed and how do we do that and what kind of team do we want to be so that we, we don't get too high or too low or get frustrated. Because um, sometimes games like that can get really chippy, right? Um, and I think mental toughness is really about staying composed, knowing how you're at your best and working to get there. Um, and having the, these mental tools, I kind of think about it as like a mental toolbox, right? Like you've got all these mental tools in your toolbox that you can use and if one doesn't work, you can try the next one, you know, uh, next play. So, When you think about it, teams have to have a certain level of talent to get to this point. Yes. So what are the differentiators? Everybody's looking for an edge, yes. and, and that, that's where you, you, you come in. 
Yeah, I definitely see this particular team. I mean, we, I've been working with them for nine years now, right? So since Adam Thielen was a senior, that's where I first met Adam, Adam Thielen, and he wrote the foreword of the book, Beyond Grit. Uh, but I've, I've seen them improve their mental toughness every single year. You know, so um, it's great. I do think it does give teams a competitive edge, and even some high school teams, Tim, who we've done work with, who, you know, are, are really good but um, there's a, a team actually in Farmington, I'll give them a shout out, girls, girls basketball. When I first started working with them three years ago, they were a great team. But now they're one of the top five in the state, right? Because they're able to capitalize their talent because of their mindset. Well, that's what we're going to try to do for you here, too. If you've not been listening uh, to the uh, Beyond Grit podcast, what's wrong with you? No, no, no. It's not what I meant to say. <laughs> We're happy to have you along. This is episode 13. Throughout the podcast journey, we're going to talk about the 10 practices that Dr. Kampoff lays out in the book. There are 52 chapters, and we say this is podcast number 13. We're going to talk about chapter 13. But before that, we're going to review chapter 12. And the message in chapter 12 was, don't let your negativity grow. And you assigned us homework, and the homework was to consider a difficulty or challenge for you right now and to write down three opportunities that might be created as a result. And if I could share with you, so earlier this morning, um, I was in the process of um, making a, a soup for, for later today. My wife was cleaning. And, and so we're like, you know, two people that see each other for a limited amount of hours during the week. So this is yeah. a, one of our first opportunities to really talk. And she was really concerned about one of our daughters who's out in uh, New York and trying to make it as an actor. And she has the concerns of trying to just pay her bills in, in mm -hmm. Manhattan. And, um, and I was able to use language from the book and, and just to say, wait, 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 wait. Things don't happen to you. They happen for you. How are we going to change this? How are we going to turn this into positive thoughts and in turn positive action? And it was amazing how fast. I mean, like, I'm not claiming to be you, but I mean, it's, it's nice to be able to, you, you made reference to a toolkit. You know, it's nice to be able to reach into the toolkit Right. And pull out a tool that works. Yeah. And I've had to use that this week too, Tim. Um, our semester ended at Minnesota State, and uh, that's where I do some teaching. And uh, you know, there's a one way that it didn't end very well. Um, and, you know, I think, I think you know, like I didn't take 100% responsibility for something. And so I've been really kind of struggling with it this last week. And I had to do that for myself. I'm still having to do it with the same situation. Like, what's the gift here? How am I going to grow? What am I going to learn? How is this problem really just an, an opportunity? How is this really just a puzzle to be solved? And I think when you do that, you're just more creative and you're not so hard on yourself. And I think that's really um, what I'm seeing is like the common way that we really struggle and maybe the way that we suffer, make ourselves suffer is that we're so uh, darn hard on ourselves, you know? So I think by asking yourself, like, what's the opportunity here? You also aren't beating yourself up. Well, you're going from, you know, advising us to not let our negativity grow in chapter 12 mm -hmm. to chapter 13. And, and now it's master your thoughts. Yeah. And this is one of those chapters where it's sort of like the light bulb for me. And I could say it so many times in this book. But somebody, I was having a conversation with, with somebody yesterday that uh, is, is, is a fairly well-known public figure. And I actually gave him a copy of the book. And during that conversation, he's asking me to kind of describe it. Well, it sounds like this. And I said, well, you know, really what it is, is it's sort of like 
she's giving you a blueprint. I mean, you wouldn't build a house, you know, without a blueprint. And there's certain things that have to be done before you actually start the construction. And, and now I think we're at the point now in chapter 13 where, like last time you, you told us to, you know, get rid of certain things, ants, and, and we'll go back to that in a moment, but your negative thoughts, and now how to actually think. Yes. More positively, think like, as you say in the chapter, the title of the chapter is Think Like the World's Best. Yes. And it's an yeah. intentional thing. It is an intentional thing. And I think uh, the important part is, you know, you mentioned ants or automatic negative thoughts is a Daniel Amen uh, reference that we've talked about in the last episode. So we all have automatic negative thoughts. And our, our brain is really an ancient brain. Um, right. At some point we had to fight animals to stay alive. And so your mind is really to help you here to keep you safe, not help you know, here to help you be a peak performer or really to help you create, you know, your ultimate destiny or help you be happy. So the key is, is we do have to train it. You know, the field is called mental conditioning for a reason because we condition our mind and we really need to do that every day. And so I think what, as we kind of jump into this idea, like, um, you know, Tim, I can't remember if we said this last, uh, last episode, but I used to have this goal that I would never have a negative thought, right? Like this is about me. I don't know, maybe six, six, seven, eight years ago. I was like, no negative thoughts for me, but that lasted like 10 minutes. Right. <laughs> and then I was like beating myself up for having a negative thought. And then it was like, no, Cinder, that's not the point. The point is just to kind of recognize when you have more of an unproductive, like limiting thought, right? Because sometimes the negative thought can actually be helpful. Like it helps you uh, learn in some way or grow in some way. But our brain is programmed really for more to see what's wrong, see what's missing instead of what's right. And we have about 80,000 thoughts in one day. Okay, we know um, from the research is that majority of that is unproductive and the majority of that is a repeat of what we just thought yesterday. <laughs> so we got to condition it so it's like not getting in our way and it's really helping us reach our best and kind of step into our best self. Well, the vision for this podcast is, is I brought it to Cindra and she came along with it was we think that there's an application here for everybody. I mean, you can look at athletes, you can look at it in business, you can look at just anybody that really wants to be really happier in life. You can't, don't want your negative thoughts to, to kind of rule your every day. And one of the things you point out in this chapter, if I may, is you say ample research over many decades showed that the world's best athletes and business people think differently than those who experience less success. Mm -hmm. They believe in the impossible. And that's just not, you know, as you go on to say, it's not just, hey, I believe in the impossible. No, they actually work at creating yes. a more productive, positive brain. Yeah. And I think we're not necessarily always taught how to do this. You know, at least nobody I, is. Yeah, I wasn't taught how to think. Um, I had to kind of work my way and learn more about it, right? And sometimes my, you know, my parents would say, you know, Syndra, you know, that's not cool. you know, think about this or, you know, they, they would help direct me, but no one really has like this, um, a class in how to think, you know? And so uh, we kind of learn it by trial and error. And what I'm suggesting here today is that, you know, the best do not hope their thinking works for them. They make their thinking work for them. And so they're very intentional with their self-talk. But they also know they're human, right? So it's okay that we're not always powerful with our self-talk. But can you have the majority of your thoughts or 80% of your thoughts really helping you get to where you want to go, dreaming big about the future? Because many times, 
time we kind of listen to this old ancient brain, this fear gets in our way and then we think small or we, you know, we kind of say, well, that's not possible for 2020. Like, ah, there's no way I could write two books in 2020. You know, that's what my brain would say. And then my heart would say, yes, I can. Let's go. <laughs> and then you would do it. And then um, I would do it because I'm gritty. <laughs> yes, you're gritty. And, and you, you point out in the chapter, training your mind takes consistent and daily effort. As you just mm -hmm. pointed out, it's not automatic. Right. High performers don't hope their thinking will work for them. They make their thinking work for them. They're intentional with their self talk. And now we get into the nuts and bolts because people are sitting there going, okay, I can understand why that would be good for me. How do I do it? Yeah, good point. And so what we mean by self-talk is just the way that you talk to yourself, right? And sometimes we can, we can, it's silent and sometimes it's actually like verbal, right? Where we might say, oh darn, or, you know, what were you thinking there? You know, so it, it's either silent or we might say it out loud. Um, and we might even say it, but we're thinking to other people about ourselves, right? But really our self-talk is our internal dialogue. And uh, we know that there are kind of three, um, we're going to call them P4, uh, a P4 thoughts, like types of thoughts that really help you reach your best and kind of help you step into your best self. Describe what are P4 thoughts? So it stands for powerful, possibility-oriented, process-focused, and positive. And you have, when you describe those in the book, Mm -hmm. You have versus each one where you have powerful in one column across from it, you have negative from possibility oriented. You have restricted, restrictive process focused versus outcome focused. Do you want to like together? Do you want to run down those four things? Yeah, let's okay. do that. I think that would be so, so let's, for people. Sure. So let's start with the first one, powerful versus negative. So when you think about powerful body or you know, powerful thoughts, it leads to powerful body language. It leads to enthusiasm about your goals, about your team, about your work. Um, and it leads to you not, not feeling weak, right? Um, instead, it leads to you having really great energy that you believe that you can move forward with something exciting. Defeating would where, where you beat yourself up, right? Defeating is where uh, thoughts that lead to... Um, you being small or playing small or acting small. Things like I can't do this or I'm not making a difference. Or I, I, sometimes I hear uh, my clients say like, uh, I wish I was further along, right? But that's really defeating because uh, it, we need to be patient with ourselves as well. Well, and even as petty as I was yesterday, there was, you know, I had to be someplace and yeah. I had left in a, in a decent um, enough amount of time. But I kid you not, every stop light I approached yeah. I was the one car that didn't make it. Yeah. And and that's happened like three times in a row. I start going, Wow, how come I never make the lights? And then I go, What are you doing? You know, yeah. what 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 is that helping? It's just not helping at all. And start saying, Okay, what am I gaining by being here right now? Nice. And and why is this a why is this a positive thing? What if no. what if I would have made that last uh, light? And I would have gotten a car accident. Maybe somebody else would have been there that I didn't want to be next to. You just never know. So choose to take the high road. Uh, your next one, possibility-oriented versus restrictive. So possibility-oriented means that you're really dreaming big about the future. You're really thinking about all the great things that you can do. You're pushing beyond your comfort zone, right, and really having courage to think big. And when you, when you have an idea, say, oh, yeah, I'd really love to do that, many times our ants kind of squash that and say, no, that's not possible. I can't do that. We might give ourselves, you know, several reasons why we can't. That would be restrictive. 
But possibility-oriented really means you're dreaming about the possibilities. You're, you're pushing yourself past the status quo. You're not settling for average. And you're really striving for your best, consistent high performance and, and greatness and kind of stepping into to what you know that you can do that's possible. The third of the four? Yeah. Process focused yeah, this versus was, outcome focused. It's important because honestly, I don't think always people really, really realize this. And, you know, we spent time thinking about our goals at the beginning of the podcast, right? In the several the first several episodes. And so it's really important that we have goals, but sometimes these goals can be all consuming and they can be so focused on the outcome. So Tim, I'll give you an example of um, a client that I'm working with who um, is transitioning to a music career. And he has always been really passionate about music. He tried the music career when he was like 25, 26, 27, and just failed miserably, right? Like according to him. And so now he's, you know, 40. He wants to get back into performing. But there's a lot of fear because it didn't go exactly the way that he wanted. When we first started working together, he wrote this, made this really cool board with all these awesome goals. But then we realized that like, you know, maybe a couple of months into the process, it was suffocating him. Because he wasn't, he, you know, these outcome-focused goals of like, you know, for an athlete, it might be um, running a certain time to get to the Olympic trials or making it, to, making it to the next level like the NFL. And we kind of need to use these goals as motivation and to keep us excited and going. But sometimes we can be so focused on them that it creates anxiety or tension in our body. Um, and so instead, we want to kind of dip into think, thinking about the outcome. But most of the time when we're performing, we want to just focus on the process. The, the process is the how. Uh, like a quote I used in the book uh, was Peekaboo Street. She was an um, Olympic uh, U.S. skier, and she said, I don't think about winning. I think about how fast I'm going, I'm going to be. If I'm going fast, then the winning happens. And that's what the best do is they're focused on the how. Right. And even, you know, when we're focused process. on the scoreboard, right. And people say that focus on the process, but what does that really mean? That mm -hmm. means that day to day we're focused in, in the how and we're more focused there, you know, and we kind of dip into the outcome to think about, ooh, can you keep us excited? But really, like even when we're playing in the game, we don't want to be focused on the outcome. We want to be solely focused on the process because that's where we're going to be at our best. We're more confident. We're more relaxed. We're more, um, you know, not anxious or worried or focused on what could possibly happen. Well, and I think you're, you're seeing this reflected in, in college football, in high school football, mm -hmm. and you'll see it now with more sports adopting this. I can't tell you how many different teams I saw this year was yep. just, you know, one play, win that play, win that game, win that week. Yeah. Trying yeah. to be present in the moment. And you hear teams say like um, – you know, like what we use in our football, we say go on and oh, right? So we're kind of staying more focused on uh, right here, right now. We're focused on uh, the, the present, right? And I, I like what you're saying. It's great that we're starting to hear that more because that's really like psychologically informed. The last year four were uh, positive versus negative. Yeah, so uh, positive just means that we're really thinking in a more productive way um, and that we're avoiding thinking about, you know, the, and again, uh, we're going to have the negative thoughts. We're going to have the disempowering thoughts, but we just want to notice them, be kind to ourselves, and then either you know, switch those to more powerful thought or kind of let it go. Like it just kind of like this idea of like a cloud moving by out of your out of your mind. But a negative thought might be like, you know, don't crash under pressure today. Don't miss the next shot. Don't drop that ball. Don't freeze when it matters most. And that word don't is really important because our mind does not hear the word don't. 
And so maybe, Tim, if you ever golfed and if you thought to yourself, like, don't hit it in the water, then what happens? It heads right for the water. You hit, you hit it in the water because you focused on the water and your mind doesn't yep. do the word don't. So that's one thing we kind of just need to be aware of when we're using the word don't. We want to instead um, state it in a more um, a positively stated way, right? Thinking about what we do want to do, not what we don't want to do. Like if I said, you know, stop thinking about a pink zebra, what do you think about? Think about the pink zebra. Right. You know, so I think we want to be aware of and stating it more in a, in a powerful and a productive way in stating more like what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Now, your example of the golf is, is so spot on. And I can't tell you, you know, in, in my own personal development, you know, people would say, oh, the water. I hate this hole because of the water. And I was looking at them and say, what water? You know, just, just you, know, you can't, you can't, you just have to think about your swing, you know, the elements of your swing, because you, you will put it in the water. If you start thinking about that, it's like a magnet. Your next two points, I'm going to read these, if I may, and, and pull them together, because this was where, where I read the next line, this is where I, just one of those mind blowing Cinder Camp off moments for me. And it was the key to experiencing people are thinking more often is mm. to plan your thinking. And then if I may, when you have your thoughts planned out, you have a plan for eliminating the ants, again, automatic negative thoughts, and negative thoughts that are bound to creep in. So what happens to everybody, the difference between the average person and the exceptional person is that they have a plan for dealing with those negative thoughts that creep in. Absolutely. So they know the strategies they're going to use. They've thought through it and they actually have thoughts planned out. And I'll give you a, a classic example from, from experience. So um, a couple of years ago, I was running the Boston Marathon. You know, in Boston, you have to train. You have to you run a, a qualifying time a certain, a certain time based on your age. And so it's a big deal to run the Boston Marathon. And I remember training six or seven months for this race, right? And the night before, we're at in, in Boston, and I'm ready for I'm ready for a breakthrough. I'm ready for a personal best. And we got all these emails from the race director, and it's going to be 93 tomorrow. You know, it was like every other hour we got these emails. You know, you can either just choose to not run it if you'd like, um, and then run it next year, or make sure that you adjust your pace. And I remember walking back to the hotel, and Tim, I was so mad. I was so mad at Mother Nature, and I was like, why does this have to happen to me? You know, like, I'm ready for a peak marathon, and then 90 degrees. And if you don't know anything about marathoning for people who are listening, you probably run your best at, like, 55 degrees, 60 degrees, not 93, right? And so I caught myself, and thank goodness I did. And so I went back to the hotel, and I just started writing out, okay, in this part of the race, what am I going to think? What am I going to do? What part of the race, what am I going to think of? What am I going to do? And then it gave me so much power and clarity. And that's what I used to, to really do well in the race. And I ended up running a personal best. I got 89th for women at the Boston Marathon because I had my thoughts planned out. And that's huge because there's women from all over the world running that thing. And, and how, how many gross total athletes in, in the Boston Marathon? Oh gosh, that might have been that year, like twenty twenty thousand. Yeah, because I think the New York's big. It's like that's like fifty, but they let so many more people run that right. than they let right. run Boston. Oh, for sure. And I felt like you know most of my friends really, really struggled, and I know that I was able to stay cool and calm and collected because 
I had planned, I had actually physically written out my self-talk. And so in the next chapter in 14, we're going to talk about how to do that. Um, but the first step is just to kind of pay attention to what you're thinking about. And then, you know, this week you could start thinking about what are, what are four P4 thoughts that you'd like to think more often and then start it's, using those in your life. Is that our homework? Oh, that's your homework. I got ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. Okay. What's our homework? So your homework is to write out at least four P4 thoughts. Um, and I'd encourage you to write one for each P. Okay, so again, that means powerful, possibility-oriented, process-focused, and po positively stated. Um, so write four out and start using them in your life. Start using them in your day. Maybe you could even use them to start your morning, to get you in the right in the state of mind. As you're getting ready in the morning, you could say these. Um, sometimes I have uh, people actually write them on their mirror with like, um, you know, one of those dry erase mirrors in their bathrooms. So that's a pretty cool thing. So you can kind of just see what you've planned out for your week and start using them. See how they make an impact. May I ask, do you use uh, P4 statements currently? And if so, do your P4 uh, statements change? Yes, mine change, and they, they change on based on what I think that I need that day and what I'm, you know, where I'm at. And I think we're always growing and we're learning. Um, and it's kind of cool even, you know, my progression into my own thinking in the last five years or so when I've really worked to be more deliberate about my thinking, um, it's changed, right? The same things that I needed five years ago are not the same things that I need right now. And it you know, depends on where you're at, you know. Uh, if you're really trying to push yourself, to think bigger about yourself, maybe take a new job, uh, step into a new position on your team. Maybe you're trying to level up your performance. Like um, you want to have that your, your self talk reflect that. So let's talk about process if we can for just a moment. Yes. So so for people to do the homework and to actually because one of the interesting things here is you said use them each day. Yeah. So so what would your process look like? Like say. Um, you knew there was something you had to do this week. You changed your P4 thoughts. Do you set aside time in the morning? How do you, what do you do to actually apply them? So I think that you could set aside time in the morning and actually write them down. Um, you could do it um, sometime before, you know, a, a performance or, you know, something that you have this week. Now, you know, mine are so kind of ingrained that it's like I do spend time every single morning thinking about what are my power phrases, what do I want to think about, who do I want to be that day, what are um, some of the values that are important to me, and I put them into statements. So um, some might be, you know, like my process-focused ones for yesterday were um, I'm going to speak from my heart, right, because it's more about the process than are, are people going to like me, which is the outcome. And so I was giving a talk in Roseville yesterday. So that's an example of a process-focused thought. A possibility thought might be, um, you know, uh, today um, or, um, you know, today in every way I am um, stepping into uh, uh, my confidence. And today I will have powerful body language, right? Like something like that. Um, you could also say things that are more positive, um, like more instead of negative and thinking about more like what you want to do. So yesterday I thought a lot about like when I, before I was speaking, right? So I'll just kind of talk vulnerably how I use this. And I, I think about them on the way, you know, like how do I want to show up? How do I want to 
uh, perform that day. And it was things like, like I'm, you know, I'm grateful for this moment, um, which is a positive statement. Um, I will speak from my heart, not my head. I will connect with the audience, right? So those are the kind of things that I was thinking about, really powerful things that led to me showing up in a different space in that time. You know, and I keep coming back as I'm listening to you describe this to me. And I ask as if I'm asking those questions for everybody, but I'm really asking for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I hope that people are, honestly, I hope people are getting value out of this because I'm just trying to try to understand how I can get into your head and to do what you do. And mm -hmm. as I'm listening to you talk to me about that, the word that just keeps just jumping up and hitting me in the head is intent. It's intentional. I mean, mm -hmm. you have to, you can't be random in how you conduct your life. Right. Especially if you really want to get what what you want, right? You know, um, and if you want to step into your best self and be your best self, you have to be intentional and thinking about, you know, what do you want? How do you want to show up? What do you value? What's important in your life? What, how, what do you want to think less about, right? And maybe the things that you want to think less about are other people's opinions, or maybe you want to spend less time worrying or doubting your ability, right? And all these things are part of the human condition, so I think that's also really helpful to know that, Tim, you experienced this, Sindra Kampoff, I experienced this, I know all of this, and I've been studying for 20 years, but there are times where I worry too much, right? And, and it's debilitating, or, you know, like, um, I, uh, I, I, you know, uh, I doubt once in a while, you know? So, so I think it's also really important to know that, like, it's, it's part of being human, but the key is you got to be intentional with that self-talk to really help you thrive and be at your best. I love it. Wonderful. All right. Um, would you like to read the high power performance phrase for this week? Sure. I choose powerful, possibility oriented, process focused, and positive thoughts to keep me at my best. I make a commitment to not believe everything I think. And that last line, I make a commitment to not believe. I had to look at, when I was writing, am I writing that right? right. To not believe. I mean, it's, it's such a, it's, it's, it, that is a high performance power phrase. Uh, our gritty people of the week. Uh, would you like to go first? Or you want me to go first? How about you go first this time? Okay. So we talked about earlier that uh, Mankato is playing a very big football game today. There's another football game, as most of college football has wound down, but there's a very important game that happens in Philadelphia today where our, our Army and Naval Academies will, yes. will meet on the field. And I think about um, the cadets and, and, the, and the midshipmen who will come in there. And uh, I say that collectively because I'm thinking about men and women who have made the decision to seek out this exceptional education and in return they're going to give five years of service to their country. That is G-R-I-T, grit. My gritty people of the week. Awesome, love it, love it. So I've been going back and forth on this, Tim, um, and I'm gonna choose Jessica. So I met Jessica yesterday. I was speaking at the Roseville Optimist Club how fun was that? What a great um, event. And I'm going to give a shout out to Don Silverta. He's the person who started that and really thriving. So if you want to learn more about how to develop your optimism, and if you live in the Twin Cities, you should check out the Roseville Optimist Club. Love it. And this woman named Jessica stopped me right before um, when I was setting up and she said, Syndra, I'm so excited. I came just to hear you. And I was like, wow, you know, and she said, I read um, about your book in the Star Tribune when it first came out and I um, purchased it. And she said, at the time, I had just got laid off and I was really struggling. She said, and I opened your book 
And she said, I read it cover to cover. And she had this notebook, Tim, with like 20 pages of the notes from the book, just like in small print, right, color-coded. And she said, for every day, I would just read these notes about the book. And she said, the book changed my life. Um, I now started my own business. And she said, I'm celebrating one year. So I want to give a shout out to Jessica, because I think that takes a lot of grit grit um, to step into something like um, your own business, you know, you can easily, you know, experience some difficulty, some adversity doing that. Uh, but she stick with what, stuck with what she wanted and is really courageous. So uh, Jessica, you're my gritty person of the week. You know what? I think there's a lot more Jessicas out there. And I, and I think about how our workforce is transitioning and how many people uh, of, of all ages need this, but I mean, of the, of the baby boomer set, or maybe near the end and aren't quite at retirement yet, but now find themselves in a different circumstance. And, and that's why when I read your book, I thought, man, so many more people need to know about this. And that's why we do what we do. Absolutely. It's why we're doing this every week. It's that's fun to right. you, Jim, but it's really for everyone who's listening. That's right. It is an honor to do this with you, uh, Sandra. You are the absolute best. Uh, we could not do this uh, without you. So um, before I let Cinder sign us off, I'd just like to say thank you for joining us. The Beyond Grit podcast seeks to help you reach your peak potential. Check out this and other great content on the NSC blog page that is Beyond the Bench, where you can also leave us your questions and comments. You can find the Beyond Grit podcast on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, where we encourage you to rate and review us so that we can reach and help empower more people with Dr. Kampoff's brilliant content. You want to send us out, Dr.? Thank you, Tim. Love doing this with you every week. So everyone, this week, get out there, get after your goals, stay positive with your self-talk, and stay gritty. Thank you for engaging with the Beyond Grit Podcast, where we help you reach your peak potential. You can find past episodes and other great content on the NSC blog page, Beyond the Bench, where you can also post your questions and comments. The Beyond Grit Podcast is a production of the National Sports Center and Beyond the Bench. 